podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you can just take yourselves back to Friday, well, Friday looked anything but good, didn't it? Jesus cried out in a loud voice. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we saw that in Matthew 27 and verse 46. Father and son separated for the first and the last time in history. As Jesus took upon himself all of our sin and bore the full wrath of God in that moment, he was separated from his father. Jesus then gave up his spirit in Matthew 27 and verse 50. Humanity couldn't take it from him, but Jesus freely gave. Did you hear that? We couldn't take it from him, but he freely gave. And in that moment, on that Good Friday, all seemed completely and utterly lost. The Messiah was crucified. He was gone. It's over, surely. But if they'd just been listening, his disciples and his followers around him, if if they'd just been listening and had understood, Jesus had told them, that the grave wouldn't, couldn't hold him. We see that in Luke chapter 9 and verse 22, as Jesus makes it really clear to them. He says, and he said, this is Jesus, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. You see, Jesus was really clear about what was going to happen. But if you weren't listening, if you weren't attentive, then of course you wouldn't understand this moment. But then you think about the moment and the horrific nature of a crucifixion, the barbaric nature of what's just happened, all the hate, all the fear that would have been in that very moment. It would almost be impossible to understand thinking back then of what Jesus has said, that this is that moment. It would be hard to even think that anything good could come out of this day. And as we're going to travel through the story on that Easter morning today, because of the Sabbath then, Jesus' body hadn't been prepared for burial. In fact, all they'd done was wrap his body in cloths and place a cloth over his face. They'd placed him in a tomb and because of the fear of the Jewish leaders, they rolled a huge stone in front of that tomb. They'd sealed that stone and they placed guards in front of the tomb. The last thing that the Jewish leaders needed was a missing body after all of this. So let's read together Luke 24, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to use my NIV Bible as always. So Luke 24 and verse 1 through 12. And it says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. 
they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you why he was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and, the, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and went away wondering to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word today. Father, as we come to celebrate on this Easter Sunday that he is risen, that you would just bless your word to us. Father, as we look, as we go back, as we see all that you've done for us, Father, the promise that you've upheld, we pray, Lord, that you might just bless us today, that you'd encourage us through it. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So some of the women had, had headed over to the tomb to ask, uh, to see if they were able to prepare Jesus' body for burial. Of course, they got themselves ready. They went over, but of course, they needed to seek approval from the Roman guard that were there in order to even get into the tomb. But when they get there, the stone is already rolled away and the guards have already run away. Angels are there and they say to them, as we see in verse five and six, and this is so poignant, it's, it's, it's so relevant for us today. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Can you even begin to imagine that moment? You know, they'd been at the cross. They'd been there. They'd seen all that was happening. The horror of a crucifixion. They'd seen him suffer. And they watched him as he gave up his spirit. As far as they were concerned, they had lost him. But remember, I've said this before, and sometimes you can skip over it, but it's so relevant. That God doesn't lose. God doesn't lose. The disciples, the women, all of those that were at the foot of the cross thought they'd lost him. But God doesn't lose. Jesus, in fact, had been raised back to life. Sin had been defeated on the cross. Its curse and its chains broken forever. And now death has been defeated too. The very author of life has given us, you and I, the opportunity at life through his sacrifice and his victory over death. That's worth celebrating today, amen? That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday, because he is 
risen and we, you and me today, have the opportunity at life. The women in this moment though, as they get to the tomb, they see the tomb is empty, the angels appear to them and they run back to tell the disciples. But naturally, well it's like madness to them. As the women explain what they've just seen, you can't really think that anybody in that moment would be able to take them seriously. Listen, it's only been a day. It, this, it, on Friday, we saw him. They nailed him to a tree. We saw him give up his spirit. And now you're telling me that the tomb is empty and Jesus has been raised back to life. Listen to what they say in verse 10 and 11. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Their words seemed to them like nonsense. The word goes on to tell us that Peter and John, if we look in John's gospel, run to see for themselves. They want to find out. They've heard what the women have said. OK, well, let's go and look then, shall we? And they run to the tomb. And sure enough, the tomb is empty. The grave clothes that Jesus' body was wrapped in are there and his face cloth is to one side. And you find yourself in this very moment asking the question, what has just happened? What has just happened? Now, I want to go back a little bit and I want to go all the way back to Genesis. And I'll tell you why I want to do that. And I'll give you the ending before we even start. Is that God was fulfilling and had fulfilled in this moment his promise to Abraham. Let's have a look, Genesis chapter 22. So all the way back to the beginning of your Bible. Again, it'll be on the screen, God willing, so that you can follow along with me. Genesis chapter 22. God tested Abraham with his son of promise, Isaac. And it says this in verse two, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrificing there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Now, God is testing Abraham. God is saying, OK, I've got a covenant, a, a bond promise between you and me, Abraham. And I want to see if you're willing to uphold your end of the promise, your end of the covenant. And if you do, then we're going to see what's going to happen. This is a test. God has this promise with Abraham. So Abraham, after God says this is what's going to happen, it says early the next morning, Abraham got up and made preparations. That would have been a day for me, and um, we've looked at this before as a church, where I would have had a lie-in. That's not a day that I'd rush about. My alarm would accidentally not have been set, and I would take as much time as physically possible. Remember what God has asked Abraham to do. Yet early the next morning, Abraham gets up and he starts and makes preparations. And they set off, and when they get close to the site where God has told them to go. Isaac, probably a teenager by this point, he asks his dad, 
Dad, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Now that's a tough one, isn't it? But Abraham, in his wisdom, replies to his son. He says, God will provide. And as Abraham is about then to kill his son, as he lifts up the knife, now Abraham bound on the altar, he lifts up the knife and the angel of the Lord cries out to him and says this, verse 11 and 12, just skip over the page, says this, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied, you bet he did, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Remember, his son of promise, the son who he loved. God says, now I know that you fear me because you've not withhold, withheld that very thing that's so precious to you. Amazing. Now, of course, then, as Abraham has already said to Isaac that God will provide the lamb, in this very moment, that's exactly what was needed. A lamb was needed. Abraham knew that. And God then provided, in verse 13, as we see, let, let's read it together. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw a, he saw a ram caught by its horns hang on a minute in this moment the sacrifice calls for a lamb now go back and have a look at the translation it's absolutely a ram that is provided here in this moment god has provided a ram in the place of isaac and god says this then to abraham in verse 15 through 18 the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Verse 18 again, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now, I hope you're staying with me here. Fast forward then several hundred years, and in John chapter 1 and verse 29, and we've seen this as we've been going through the Lord's ministry here on earth over the past several weeks, in John 1.29, John the Baptist declares this. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and, and said this. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John declares, he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I'm pretty sure that that was a revelation from the Spirit. John didn't quite know or fully understand but John in this moment says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All peoples then, church, as we look at where we are today on this Easter Sunday, 
We have celebrated a saviour who has gone to the cross. We have celebrated God's son, his only son. The son, remember, as Jesus came up out of the water as, as he was baptised, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. As Jesus came up out of the water, God declared, this is my son, my only son whom I love. God has sent Jesus Christ for you and for me. And Jesus went to the cross. He bore my sin and my shame. There he was a replacement. He was a substitute for me. God sent Jesus in my place. So go back to Abraham and Isaac and Isaac on the altar. God provided a ram in that moment to substitute out Isaac. And today, church, 2021, we can realise and recognise that God has provided the perfect, spotless lamb for all peoples. For all of those who would put their faith and their trust in him, God has provided a perfect, spotless lamb. As John declared, look, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Easter Sunday, we celebrate an empty cross and an empty tomb. Sin defeated, death defeated, and all peoples on earth have been blessed. God promised Abraham and God delivered. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, he has defeated sin and death. Love has won. And today, you and I get the opportunity at life in and through and because of Jesus Christ. God promised, God delivered. Church, he has risen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as we see that it goes through generations as your promises upheld for all peoples, that, Father, we have been blessed as you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that perfect lamb to take our place on the cross. Father, there he defeated sin. He bore the full punishment, the full wrath of God. And Father God, we know that the grave could not hold the author of life. And we celebrate today that he is risen. And we thank you, Lord God, that we have the opportunity at life through your son, the Lord Jesus. Bless us, Father, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.